People love to impress each other. We dress to impress. We show off our material wealth, our connections, our bodies, our intelligence, and yes, even our morals. Like many others who spend a fair amount of time on social media, I've seen a fair share of virtue signaling. But what is virtue signaling? It refers to when someone attempts to show that they are a morally impressive or virtuous person. Virtue signalers adopt a holier-than-thou attitude when approaching social discourse. By pointing out the supposed moral imperfections of others, they appear to be more progressive and compassionate. Thanks to social media, we are virtue signaling more often to larger groups of people and with more to gain from it. With offering support being as easy and requiring very little thought as sharing someone's Instagram story or retweeting something on Twitter, feeds have been flooded with posts that stand up against social issues. So much, in fact, that even brands have started virtue signaling. This could have been great and a vital step towards affecting change, but it's telling how quickly the support fades. Take the Black Lives Matter movement of 2020 as an example. For weeks after the horrendous events that triggered these social movements, social media was overflowing with support for those affected by racial discrimination and abuse. But the support disappeared just as fast as it came. Social media has made virtue signaling trendy, which ultimately offers no help for those who need it. Now, we could just toss virtue signaling in the bin as just one of those weird social media behaviors. But research is showing that there could be something more sinister at hand. It can lead to serious problems relating to how we discuss society's problems and what we decide to do about them. Virtue signaling isn't virtuous. It requires no effort, hard work, or self-sacrifice. If people spend time broadcasting emphatically how good they are, there's very good chance they are not. It turns out the old adage is true. Actions speak louder than words. Who are the virtue signalers? Virtue signaling is predominantly associated with the left, but it would be wrong and naive to assume that it doesn't happen on the right. It likely exists across the political spectrum. Be honest, you've also done it too. Social media is likely the driver of why it seems so one-sided. Before we go further, remember sometimes people engage in behaviors that look just like virtue signaling with genuine intentions, which makes this issue a little complicated. None of us can truly really know for sure when somebody is trying to impress. Nonetheless, let's look at five of the most common forms of virtue signaling and discuss why we do them and why it's a problem. The five forms of virtue signaling. I found this impressive classification of the most common forms of virtue signaling by YouTuber Lacey Green. So let's check it out. Number one, piling on. Piling on could be an angry type like cancel culture, but most times it's just piling on agreements on what someone already said. For example, Say it again for the people at the back. Number two, this. Number three, I want to echo what others have said. Number four, clap emoji. 
piling on could even be something supportive, like the black squares on Twitter. Why do we do this? Piling on signals to the people that we're agreeing with, that were part of their group, were the good guys and were on the right side of history. Of course, every moral group thinks this about themselves. Piling on can also help to enforce social norms through conformity. It tells other members of the in-group that we expect you to act this way or to think these things, otherwise you can't sit with us. Interestingly, piling on can strengthen an idea so far that eventually the group collectively holds on to something that none of the individual members actually believes in. At this point, the group can make and act on group decisions that none of the group members want. Crazy, right? Our drive to announce that we agree can be so strong that researchers have found that over 30% of people will go out of their way to publicly state they agree even if they don't. It's called preference falsification. It gets even more messed up because these secret preference falsifiers will even publicly shame people who express the same reservations that they secretly hold. This groupthink effect is how piling on leads to many kinds of unethical and immoral behavior like bullying, harassment, and violence. Number two, ramping up. This is where people make increasingly extreme statements about an issue in this sort of moral arms race. Someone posts a bad tweet, someone jumps in and says, no, actually, this is very misguided. Then someone else says, actually, this is bigoted. Then yet another person chimes in and says, excuse me, this person is a literal Nazi. I'm sure we've all seen these conversations on Twitter that escalate way too fast and get out of hand really quickly. By shifting our claims to be more and more extreme, we secure ourselves as the moral champions of our group. I mean, if I don't take this as seriously as other black people like me, then I might just be morally average. So I need to beat the last level of outrage. Here's the problem. Ramping up can trap us in an infinite escalation spiral. There's really no cap on how extreme the claims can get because the point isn't to state the truth. It's to show how impressively outraged I am. This makes it really hard to explore the nuances of an issue. This is a big contributor to political polarization and when the arguments become really extreme, most people in the middle just tune out. Number three dismissiveness. This is stuff like your views are so vile and so repugnant that I can't even discuss them with you. Do better. Obviously, not every opinion on the internet needs to be debated and nobody owes us their time and energy. Nonetheless, dismissiveness can be used in a sinister way. Not to draw a line, but to block critical thinking and shut down debate. When this becomes the norm in our discussion, it pushes us deeper into our echo chambers. It also stigmatizes the important healthy practice of hearing out alternative viewpoints. Number four, overstating harm. This is when a person claims that a relatively small moral problem is a huge moral violation. An example of this is arguing that teaching sex education will cause teenagers to have orgies. 
that's certainly not what sex education is or what it's about. And making it seem so is really making a mountain out of a molehill. Overstating harm shows how sensitive we are to our in-group. How seriously we take even the tiniest infractions which helps to boost our reputation and our status. This kind of stuff gets lots of attention on social media, which leads to more of it. This isn't to say we shouldn't discuss more moral violations, but we shouldn't treat them the same as larger, more impactful ones. Otherwise, we dilute the power of the message when serious messages need to be sent. It messes with our moral alarm systems so that all the threats sound the same. It's like the boy who cried wolf. Cry wolf enough times and people grow apathetic and hostile and tune out and they won't be able to tell when the wolf actually enters the village. Number five, excessive outrage. While excessive outrage of any form is problematic because it's, well, excessive, the virtue signal type of outrage is special because it's primarily aimed at bolstering one's sense of self. The goal of this brand, often framed as moral grandstanding, is to underscore one's virtuous attributes. Is to underscore one's virtual attri- is to underscore one's virtuous attributes by pointing out how non-virtuous others are. Such outrage might be seen in statements such as, how could anyone even think such a thing? How would you do that? Who would do that? What kind of person would do that? Can you believe she did that? I would never do that. Researchers found that excessive outrage makes us feel good because it helps us ease our own guilt. We live in a world that's full of many complicated problems, so expressing a lot of outrage can make us feel like we did something about it. This episode of the NPR podcast explains the effects of outrage culture much better than I ever could. But here's the overarching point. Quote, Comments on social media and cable news often give reasons to be angry. Sometimes anger seems to be the whole point. Anger draws internet clicks, which is to say that many people now have a motive or even a business model for getting you for getting you mad. Psychologist Molly Crockett at Yale says these cycles of outrage feed one another and can produce fatigue and disengagement among audiences. If the volume on everything is tuned to 11, how do you separate signal from noise? Even as outrage is effective at capturing attention, its audience is mostly people who share the same beliefs. The people who disagree are listening to rants in their own echo chambers. Messages presented with less outrage are more likely to spark conversation with opponents. Those are the people, after all, whose views we want to change. End quote. Outrage is contagious. Its contagion is often a force for good. What was once accepted as the way of the world can, ex- can be exposed as evil by others' outrage. Sexual harassment, for example, when condemned by others, emerges from its safe hiding place to wither in the spotlight. However, this also means that the more xenophobes declare themselves, the more readily others join them. Why it is problematic. 
There are several reasons why virtue signaling is problematic. Top of these is that it encourages a climate of reduced empathy and understanding for others. The motives behind acts become warped and it creates a world in which the bare minimum becomes the accepted standard. Doing a good deed to help others should come from a place of empathy and compassion. But when it is done to serve a selfish desire for public praise, this understanding for others becomes shallow. When good deeds become less about doing good and more about self-promotion, are they really good deeds anymore? There's an argument to be made that whatever the motives, doing good will benefit someone somewhere. However, all too often when virtue signaling is involved, it's likely that only the bare minimum of support is being given. And when virtue signaling is normalized, so too is the minimal level of effort. And it doesn't take long for this level to become the accepted standard. Level-headed solutions. Ironically, when we see people virtue signaling, there's a temptation to call them out and shame them. But calling people out for doing this will not improve our conversation. If we want to have healthier conversations, it's more important to look at ourselves and ask ourselves, am I doing this to do good or am I saying this just to look good? Most of us have a basic compulsion to be seen as good people. But we need to realize that online discussions aren't the right place to satisfy that need. Doing that shifts the focus of the discussion and takes away from the prospect of a vibrant intellectual culture where we engage in public discourse to find objective truth where it exists and to serve the greater public good, even where we can't agree. It also does a disservice to the moral issues themselves. The better way to cultivate this sense of self-worth is to be a good person than just to be seen as one. We can achieve this through what we do and how we act and not so much what we say. Think things like helping your community, treating people around you well, getting involved on the ground in social issues, donating time, money and resources and doing the right thing quietly. We can also set ourselves up for better success by removing ourselves from places where that behavior is common or encouraged. Last, instead of publicly shaming people, which almost never works, we can start more general conversations about this stuff in our social group. This can help raise the collective self-awareness so that when the time comes to have hard conversations, they are more productive and we are less likely to fall into the temptations of virtue signaling. Have a good week.